Hello everyone and welcome to D20 Dudes, a tabletop role-playing podcast where the die decides our topic. My name is Dylan. And I'm King Shit of Fuck Mountain, Paul Booth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am the inebriated idiot. Milkman. Milkman. <laughs> you, I'm drunk. <laughs> Face me, milkman. Twist my titties, I shall. <laughs> I don't Face care how this time's going. Milk. Someone's getting milked. Oh, wait. Can we redo the intro? And we're all like 1950s softball heroes from comic books in the Silver Age. And it's like milkman versus goofball gorilla or golf ball gorilla. And like the Eggman. And we're all just like a bunch of fucking hokey bitches. We are, though. Hey, That's are we still doing that lives. thing where we keep this podcast safe for work, or am I allowed to fuck say the fuck no, word fuck now? No. <laughs> we've we've passed that train up a long time ago. Like I two agree. people listen to this podcast. Who cares? Uh, you know what? That's what's gonna make it fun. I'm allowed, I hope to, Karen. I'm allowed to say the things I wanna say now. The reins are off, everybody. Welcome to hell. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we're hey, going to get Paul. deep Paul. inside today. Hey, Paul. Yeah, 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 yeah. Too far. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Oh, no. Editing responsibilities. Oh, no. His cat. (laughs) (laughs) Always be closing. Just, uh, just, just when you, when you edit it. Put oof over what he said. <laughs> It'll be really good. I promise. <laughs> too drunk. But mistime the oof. <laughs> mistime the oof. That was like oof, girl. <laughs> I guess he's not part of the episode now. <laughs> oh, Anyways. This week's episode is going to be on the tiers of fantasy, low, medium, and high. And salty. You fucking sure at this point? Salty fantasy. Well, salty tears. <laughs> no, 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 Paul. Salty fantasy, we'll keep it at that. Oh, I have a salty fantasy. <laughs> oh, I'll give you a salty fantasy, alright. Oh, too late, Bartlett. Oh too late. Just like my salty fantasy. <laughs> This podcast needs to be done drunk from now on No one's drunk but you (laughs) I'm just allowed to say the things that I want to say now And I've been waiting for a long time About 40 something episodes I'm gonna keep drinking, damn it Who are you arguing with? (laughs) Oh boy Let's start off for nerds High fantasy for right. losers. I'm going to roll it back. I'm going to get control of this podcast real quick. Daddy's in the saddle. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Here's how it actually rolls. <laughs> this week, we're talking about the tiers of fantasy. So we have low, medium, high, and salty. So the way they break down <laughs> is uh, each level of fantasy accounts for, I mean, quite literally, the level of fantasy in your game world. It is exactly as literal as it sounds. So a low fantasy, you're talking no magic, low magic, uh, basic, like a full reality play versus something like a, like a Game of Thrones where magic exists in the world, but it's super limited or it's of extreme power and importance. You know, the magical artifact, if it exists at all, most people won't believe you when you say that it does. It's going to have literally world-changing impact magic as a concept just shouldn't exist it, it's a figment it's as figmentitious it's as fictitious as uh i mean like a real world equivalent of like faith and magic and all that sort of thing um in a mid fantasy campaign you're kind of riding that line with like a harry potter sort of style where magic exists it has world-altering effects but it's not something that dominates the landscape it's not something that is necessarily more powerful or effective than the alternative. Uh, you know, in Harry Potter, they never address it, but the idea of a bullet, even though it never comes up, is never proven in that world to necessarily be ineffective. The idea of Harry Potter is, is pretty consistent with mid-fantasy, 
Uh, I would also put Lord of the Rings in this tier. Um, and even then only in certain spots with like the elves and the ideas of immortality or the ancient spirits of the river and the charging horses, all those famous scenes. And then you have high fantasy. High fantasy is what I think the bulk of campaigns end up in. It's your very typical Looney Tunes uh, Saturday morning cartoon level of fantasy where everything is magic. The manhole on the street is magic. Uh, like, yeah, well, I mean, literally the manhole on the street has, like, plus five dexterity to it for no reason at all. <laughs> Everything is enchanted. The world runs on Arcana. Like, magic in that level is just a literal fabric of the world. Um, Final I, Fantasy. I was actually very literally about to say Final Fantasy VII is a penultimate example. Because not only does everyone use magic and sustain themselves on magic but the very fabric of life is at some level a concept of spiritual energy and magic and the entire point of the game is that you're an eco-terrorist trying to save magic i mean it's it there's a lot more complexity to that game for all the hardcore fans out there i hope all three of you are enjoying this episode uh oh but come on the remake though paul dude all right well that's another episode uh but (laughs) that has nothing to do with tabletop (laughs) I'll top your tables. Anyway. Oh, fuck uh, your tables. Oh, that's just garish. It's not clever. You gotta, you gotta be more generous with uh, with your with your mind. So, anyway. Uh, no. Oh, well, fair enough. That That's the Bartlett who cross-dressed and got butt-fucked by an eagle in the school auditorium. Mm. Uh, oh, boy, was that a, <laughs> was that a fun night? <laughs> <laughs> His name was Simon, too. Simon Was it? (laughs) Dylan, you fuck. (laughs) You absolute fool. You incompetent simpleton. You absolute joke of a man. We literally (laughs) talked about this 15 minutes ago. Anyway. I'm gonna peg your cat tonight, you fuck. In high fantasy... Uh, you know, it's not my uh, cup of tea, but there are a, a ton of great purposes served by High Fantasy, and I hope to get into those tonight. So we're going to rally back around, and we're going to get focused, because believe it or not, uh, despite our consistent irresponsibility to providing good episodes, this is a great topic, and one that I'm very excited to talk about. So uh, let's go ahead and shoot for, you know what, let's start off right in the middle. Let's Let's establish the baseline. So... Bartlett, tell me about mid-fantasy. Well, Paul, less my cup of tea, but okay. Okay, well, do, you want me to, do you want Dylan to do it? Sure, I'll take low fantasy. Okay, alright. So, Dylan, establish that baseline for us. Tell us about mid-fantasy. Okay, mid-fantasy is... It's kind of the quintessential D&D game in my mind. I know this isn't going to be for everyone, but... um, Warhammer 40K? You know, you go into a game and there's like magic items. You've got um, you've got your people, you've got your wizards. Uh, there's always like the one party caster. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's not like the bread and butter of the entire world. Like it's... <laughs> It's the idea of the court wizard in my mind, where you know you're the you're the fighter, you're you're the halfling fighter who's come from abroad, and you're on a magical quest, and you're trying not to um, to infuriate the queen because she may behead you. But you go into the into the queen's castle, and you see around the corner this madman who happens to be a vampire who hasn't bathed in weeks and is mixing reagents in his uh, alembics. Because he knows the secrets. He knows the secrets of garlic. He knows the magical properties this herb has. The court wizard is kind of like the quintessential idea to me. Because he just... He is something greater in a world where something greater is needed. You can have mid-fantasy games that have no casters in them. Um... You can all be fighters, but even then, like, the fighters seem to have supernatural abilities. Like, they can just jump a little bit higher. They can run a little bit faster. There's just kind of a general magical quality about the world, 
but magic itself is not inherent. Um, as opposed to like low fantasy, um, where things are just too real. Oof. But that's what I like about low fantasy. Um, magic is a big part of mid fantasy, and it's something that, like, on the higher end of mid fantasy games, you're going to have a lot of magic because it's just important. You can go into a mid fantasy game as a fighter, and you don't feel out of place because even though you may have a party wizard, you know that if you're not there to kind of cover his ass, um, he's going to get torn apart by that group of goblins. It's it's kind of the comfortable medium. That's why it is medium fantasy. It's just a good blend of magic and realism, of the surreal and the mundane. Okay, I'm going to interject now, because that was wild. Uh, <laughs> Mid-fantasy. I'm also stupid right now. <laughs> I just, yes. I just really liked that you had something that you wanted to say, and then you threw that baby out with the bathwater because you <laughs> wanted to reference a joke that I said four hours ago. <laughs> it's true. So, let me round it out this way. Dylan's really close. Um, he mentioned magic a lot, but he really wanted to focus in on the caster element. I agree with everything outside of that, uh, but in terms of the caster element, it's true you really don't need one. Uh, I would equate... When he said quintessential, that really was the word to use. Mid-fantasy is very in tune with Gary Gygax and D&D Episode 1, Version 1.0. Like, Dungeons & Dragons at its core was always mid-fantasy. Now, I know that it's very much the stereotype. While well, you're searching in the old mountain layer for the ancient weapons and the so on and the so forth. But anyone who's ever seen classic D&D, experienced classic D&D, and if you have it, I do highly recommend that you invest in that. It's hard, but it's worth the time. Uh, classic D&D, you were a very generic knight or warrior or like magic user or acrobat. You were not particularly wondrous to the world. You were not a uh, benevolent god walking among a world of NPCs. That's high fantasy. That's 5th edition. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but at 1.0, you existed in a world uh, where people were capable. Everyone was capable. And the reward for your dungeoneering, the reward for your lengthy investment into this world of tricks and traps and mystic creatures, who very much were kept inside these abandoned dungeons and these places no longer traveled by man were these ancient artifacts of magic and power that could establish your character as something a little bit more reticent. And even then, having a fancy sword didn't mean you were going to survive the horrific traps and tricks that awaited you further in. Uh, for anyone who's listened to our episode uh, where Dylan and I went through White Plume Mountain... That is a perfect example of not only D&D classic, but of a pure mid-fantasy campaign. Yes, there's magic. Yes, there's enchantments. But there's also boiling lava and mud lakes, uh, ancient statues that come to life. But they're just there to pound you into submission with classic fist-using maneuvers. Uh, the monsters that you're going to encounter are very standard style. They're going to be goblins. They're going to be kobolds. Uh, everything is very straightforward. It's never too much. It's right at that sweet, sweet baseline. So, when it comes to 1.0 Pyramid Fantasy, I really think that was the word to say. It was quintessential. It is the quintessential uh, Dungeons & Dragons fantasy style experience. Dylan's mad because again. he's... He's quintessential, so he still has to work during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Good times. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but, the worst. Okay, but I would recommend listening to that previous episode. Uh, another great thing about that sweet, sweet mid-fantasy is that mid-fantasy gives you just enough leeway to really play around with what you want for a character without ever having to worry about being a little too much. Uh, a mid-fantasy campaign 
I think is probably the most effective at handling the fighter and the wizard. Uh, historically, you're always going to have this the problem fizzard. where one just outweighs the other by a hefty margin. Uh, especially if you're playing something like 3.5, because then the wizard is just going to be stupid. Um, if they can survive that long, admittedly. It's real easy for them to not survive that long. <laughs> They're pretty squishy. Four hit points. 3.5. Four hit points. And that's, I feel attacked. That's medium. Like, that's not low. <laughs> that's that's midline for a wizard in 3.5. I feel personally attacked. Oh, don't worry. You won't feel it for long, Mr. Four Hit Points. Uh, <laughs> you dead. Uh, but <laughs> but I, do, I do love uh, that midline fantasy because it can balance everyone's desires and everyone's needs for the campaign. Uh, it is very, very difficult. I've mentioned it numerous, numerous times. A campaign wants to be Lord of the Rings and it ends up Monty Python. Um, <laughs> it's very easy to derail. And a mid-campaign, I think, is the hardest to achieve. Uh, a low fantasy, which we're going to talk about in just a second, uh, is something that is hard to maintain. Typically, I would I would ask for your uh, cooperation among your party members before starting the low fantasy campaign so they understand what they're getting invested in. Um, but mid fantasy has a has a, an easy, easy history of escalating into high fantasy, which Dylan and Dr. Arm are going to talk about real soon. <laughs> And, and he's going to tell you a lot about that. The good um, doctor is an amazing character. <laughs> We're going to go... Don't you dare poop on him. I didn't poop on him. You're going to talk about it because you're wacky and you always escalate things well beyond their need, which is why 99% of our campaigns end up in high fantasy, much to my chagrin. <laughs> so... <laughs> we're going to round it out real quick. Uh, Mid-fantasy, I had some good words about it. I'm not saying I'm done, but anything I have to close on is going to come after we... Now that we've established a baseline, we're going to talk a little bit more about the others. Uh, I don't anticipate Dylan being very functional for much longer, Bartlett, so we're going to talk about high fantasy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you are correct. All right, Dylan, hit it up. High what? fantasy, what is it? What's the benefit? What's the con? Oh, the the benefits pros and of cons high fantasy. high fantasy. But first, what is it? The pros. What are is it? Definite first, what is it? Being. Well, oh, high, <laughs> it's a power trip, is what it is. That's goddamn right. High fantasy is whenever you're you're like everything bleeds magic. It it's, it pulses within the life of the world. No matter, even if you're just a regular fighter, you've got a magic sword that talks to you. Because everything, everything is alive with Even the glory of love. Even if you just wish it would love. shut the hell up looking at you, Twilight Princess. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, a Skyward Sword. <laughs> High fantasy is whenever everything is overdone. It's overplayed. Even if you're, like, a fighter in a high fantasy campaign, campaign you've got, like, so many points to spend, like, right off the get-go. That as a player character... You're not like I'm struggling to get by. I'm I'm punch rock groin the magic punch man, and my punches can break through steel walls with little effort. And that's a little that's level one stuff. Like high fantasy campaigns give you everything you could ever want to be just a murder boss death king straight from the get go. You are there just to beat ass. Because you are king of this universe. <laughs> you are literally king shit of fuck mountain. <laughs> you do not care. Danny DeVito's sweaty nutsack on the balls of God. Don't talk about that. Bartlett, that's like cardinal sin number one. You don't talk about what we're posting in that part of the Discord <laughs> while we do the show. The whole point is to never fall for that trick and you did immediately. Get out of here. Yeah, go away. Go fuck yourself, Paul. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. All right. Uh, so, Dylan, regale us with tales of Dr. Arm and your high fantasy experience. Dr. Arm was but a normal boy until he was struck by lightning and granted with powers of magic and sorcery. But it fried his brain. So he does not know what is right and what is wrong. He simply knows what is order. And through order, he seeks to create chaos. 
So oh, he like is a, a typical wizard player. <laughs> he's a dickhead. <laughs> Doctor Arm has created a a tower called the Elbow of Reality that bends at a right angle, but it is not that the tower itself bends at a right angle, but that reality bends at a right angle around the tower. He cannot die, for if you kill Dr. Arm, there is simply another one in another time and place that will come and replace the one that has been slain. Dr. Arm was my 13-year-old, I'm an idiot, who just wants to write something and have a fun time playing D&D with his friend's fun time character, who I just happened to get to level 20 through the most idiotic bullshit I possibly could. Paul, are you calling me a liar in Discord? (laughs) <laughs> I'm literally not talking to you. You also did the thing. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm retarded is what's wrong with me. All right. So, <laughs> as, as Dylan previously mentioned, things get to escalate quite a lot in a high fantasy campaign. High fantasy campaigns are absolute delights. Uh, when you play a high fantasy campaign... It's all rules out the window. Uh, when it comes to things like that, yes, everything is magic. Yes, your character can be whatever it wants, have the enchanted swords, have the enchanted shields. But more importantly, it's free license for creativity to take hold. Where I compared a true mid-fantasy to things like Lord of the Rings or D&D 1.0, I would more appropriately compare high fantasy to things such as Anima or Tenra. Oh Anima my God, and Anima. Tenra... Anima and Tenra are the definition of high fantasy. Even Tenra a little less because it's so focused on role-playing. It's sort of an outlier. Anima is the absolute high fantasy RPG element. It is so wild and so bizarre and so free that it's basically like learning Dwarf Fortress to play an Anima campaign. You essentially have to commit a semester's worth of schoolwork and have a small associate's degree in Anima to play Anima. Dude, that game is complicated as shit. Then would you argue that Mage is so very much a, uh, a mid-fantasy? Uh, it, yes. Mage is because, absolutely a mid-fantasy. Uh, we can round out to that one. That we'll crazy round magic. Let's, let's round back such... out to Mage in a minute. Um, because uh, we want to cycle back around. Hmm, but I'm um, stupid. But no, no, Mage is perfect. We're going to reference that in a second. Uh, well, after the low. But when it comes to high fantasy, um, for those of you that have not experienced Anima, Anima is a free-rolling system where there's numerous kinds of magics and energies that populate the universe. Uh, everything from kinetic energy, fire, magic, uh, key, the whole thing. I believe it's all referenced as a form of key, but essentially, you can be quite literally any character in, in, that you've ever wanted to live out uh, in this system. If you wanted to have a team assembled of George from Seinfeld with Goku <laughs> from Dragon Ball, you can have that. Anima is the most wildly free system ever established. It's the Mugen of RPG tabletop. But the cost of that, again, we mentioned its complexity... But in this high fantasy, you can, uh, I mean, if I wanted to be a man who punched with the magic of fist and I just wanted to have a squid staple to my face at all times, and I was also able to fly on clouds and ride dragons while I fought lightning dogs and I'm like level two, that's something that can happen within the world of anima. It is limitless imagination, but... The counter of that is its limitless imagination. So it's going to be a bunch of half-baked ideas. They'll fall apart very easily. Running a system of high fantasy is massively convoluted. More importantly, high fantasy is not something you should ever play if you have any concept of integrity to your story or your character's backstory. Because it's just not going to hold up. In a world of high fantasy... People will just magically survive anything by random items they have on them at some given time, uh, mystical potions that are just readily available. It's so easy to get lost in a high fantasy world, and nothing will be very consistent. So whereas mid-fantasy, the idea of 
the fantastical elements were often reserved for the more dangerous parts of the world, the lost parts of the world, uh, or at the very least there was a baseline where even magic wasn't the strongest. You didn't just it has escape. limitations. Yeah, you didn't escape the restrictions and limitations of the world, exactly. High fantasy, it, it's just you snap all the chains off. It's the full everything like level out everything 99 who cares it's the perfect sandbox it's the ultimate sandbox of fantasy elements you can do whatever you want be whatever you want literally uh have whatever you want go on (laughs) you said it twice go on (laughs) it's gruce from skyward sword and he is the best character and he is you fuck you interrupted me twice. You interrupted me twice. You interrupted me twice. And when you had the right to speak, the allowance, you didn't say the Groose from Skyward Sword, he is loose. You said the other thing. I will slap you into next Sunday. I am going to rain a fiery conviction of hatred upon you that will Burn the skin of your grandchildren. Be prepared, Dylan. I'm going to slap you like a chicken. So hard it cooks. I'm going to blow you away. You absolute nugget. Did you hear that, Dylan? He said he's going to blow you. Ingrate. Well, Paul, I love you. That's not good enough this time. You interrupted twice, and the third time I gave it to you, and you dropped the ball! (laughs) Oh, you make me mad. But you're right, I love you. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway. uh, Mid-fantasy, high-fantasy, let's round it out. Low-fantasy, Bartlett, blow us away. Alright, now. First thing, Grimgar. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just be, keep being weird in the Discord for a while, Dylan, through text. Low fantasy. We'll call you. <laughs> it's pretty much the opposite of high fantasy. Woo! Little to no fantasy is going along. No magic. Magic's not... Magic is not the main point, nor is it really even a... Just really much of anything. It's like whispers. You might get whispers of magic, and that's it. No one believes you. It's bullshit. Whatever. Ow. <laughs> but... Low fantasy does not necessarily mean it has to be standard reality type. As in, like, oh, look, the same kind of bullshit we go through in everyday life, we're doing a tabletop. You can have steampunk shit. That's fun. Steampunk is fun. Arguably, you will not be having anything like Eldritch Nightmares. So, no Cthulian bullshit for you, Dylan. Fuck off. Ah, but I would argue that fucking cosmic horror is the epitome of low fantasy. I because it is just a man. It is just a man against a force of the cosmos itself. He knows. He knows he cannot resist. He knows there is nothing he can do that will make any significant change, but still he must try, because what other recourse is there but to lay down and accept his own inevitable death? Cosmic Horror is the best low fantasy. The other recourse is to just let the conversation continue. Yes. Now he shit on me, so I had to shit back. I will open up your chest cavity and shit inside of you, Dylan. Promises of promises. That's just foreplay. But, before we got derailed onto Cosmic Horror and all that bullshit, which is a completely separate topic, by the way. We did an episode on that. Exactly. <clears throat> but, doesn't mean it has to be... It's just large that the focus isn't going to be around magic. It'll be around everything else. Like, the struggle. High technology, high life. Or you just fucking go back to medieval ages and you're walking around with swords beating the shit out of each other and dealing with dysentery. Whatever. You are... If you've heard of the anime Ashes of Grimgar, it's perfect. They struggle to kill a single goblin. It's exactly what low fantasy is. It's low fantasy for like 
three episodes, but go on. Or you can also argue that the first Sword Art Online is low fantasy, high tech. For like three episodes, but go on. No magic, just beating the shit out of everything with swords. But, little, no magic, things like that. Your Whatever magic may be there might just be like, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, crap. Loopers? Looper? Everyone has these very minor tricks they could do that's essentially like prestidigitation. They levitate quarters. Yeah. And they think it's cool. Or hold them down. That might be it too, because that's supernatural. Oddly fantastical. Relatively useless. Not a big part of anything. It's just like a, oh, you've got these things? Whatever. I'll watch you bust a blood vessel while I hold it down and you're trying. Looper was dumb. Are we talking about low fantasy anymore, or do I need to do this one too? <laughs> I don't but know. Like, Is I, Dylan going to shut up long enough for us to do it? Hey, fuck you. No, I, I think Ashes of Grimgar, like, especially the first few episodes, are a very good example, because they do struggle, <laughs> like literally, to kill a single goblin. It's all but they I mean, can struggle do. Struggle is consistent among any level of fantasy. I mean, even in 3-5, as we mentioned before... Uh, like, you but are so, struggling with your wizard powers to survive basic yes, encounters. Yes, but against a singular goblin. Against something that is, like, the most baseline, basic bitch shit in any other game. Goblin that Slayers. sounds less like low fantasy and more like a typical classic D&D style where it's Grindhouse. That kind that, of is low fantasy, though. Like it's not necessarily. I, so when I, it comes to low fantasy, I I don't know. Here I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the reins here. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a case. I'm gonna make a case. All right. So when it comes to low fantasy, here are my estimations. It's uh first off, you're fortunate in low fantasy, true low fantasy. You're fortunate if you're even starting off in armor. A true low fantasy campaign consists of people that are fishermen turned soldiers they consist of people of circumstance you are the lord's hunter or someone who hunts in their free time you are someone who comes from a tradition of blacksmithing you are not necessarily god's gift to anyone you come from a standard job a standard route a certain a certain lifestyle in a world that is generally harsh and without magic and without spirituality beyond what those people believe in. It's tethered to reality, and as Bartlett had mentioned previously, it is very classically medieval. That's what we associate with most of our games, because that's obviously what's also in the game's books and pages. Uh, but with low fantasy, the magic that can exist is of extreme importance. So I would make the distinction less like medieval times, more like medieval novels, such as the, uh, like if we were to examine the tales of King Arthur, there's a magnificent example of low fantasy, because it is not only a world where magic supposedly exists, but even though many of these relics are not proven, the idea of this fantasy tethered to reality drives a lot of the purpose of these characters forward. You know, magic is of such esteemed value that it can be considered world-changing. It's an otherworldly object that can define an entire campaign. Uh, even just by defining a character uh, within the campaign, such as, and as silly as it sounds, like the quest for the Holy Grail, uh, that would... Is, that would be a perfect transition. I need to find, like, the Spear of Artemis because it was a legendary hunting tool and I needed to kill a god to reclaim the soul of my wife oh. or something and so on and so forth. Are you telling uh, me that the Bible itself is low fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, extremely. I mean, that, that yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, actually. Because of everyone that is currently in this conversation, I think I'm the only one with almost 30 years of history reading it and examining it. And I can absolutely say that with confidence. <laughs> because it spends almost all of its time within the confines of man and man's own personal 
conflicts and the times where God does intervene are almost overwhelmingly parables or on a one-on-one basis, excluding Old Testament, but even those (laughs) are mostly considered parables. So, yes, within the confines of it, explicitly, just as a work of literature, yes. Old Testament God was a dick. He was effective. That's what he was. He was a dick. He was effective. He was effective. My favorite thing about Old Testament God was Moses. When Moses was like, please let me tell Egypt to let the people go. And he's like, they're not going to listen, but you clearly need to learn this lesson the hard way. So go ahead, Moses. I'll stick it out with you anyway. And boy, did he. What a good ride. It's worth reading. Honestly, as a work of literature, fantastic. Conversation for a different day. Low fantasy <laughs> is uh, very, very direct in in terms of like the circumstances of the world. Uh, this is a perfect campaign where I would anticipate, as we have talked in previous episodes, the benefit of survival introduced as a legitimate tactic in the world. This is a perfect world for the uh, more meat grinder campaigns that I have discussed before, the more hardcore worlds. Uh, Low fantasy is intense. It's extreme, and it's wonderful. And and to be fair, when I say it's extreme and intense, it's mainly because the situations have the most potential to feel direct to the player, because the player isn't going to die from fireball, the player is going to die from a sword through the stomach. Or dysentery. And that's a very direct and literal feeling. It's something at some visceral level a player as a human being can relate to. Uh, but a- as much as I say it, maybe maybe I've chosen some poor words here because there's no reason necessarily that a low fantasy campaign cannot also be a power fantasy. There's no reason you still can't choose to be royal guards in games of political intrigue or the fucking if you wanted a true game of thrones experience or if you wanted to have a true nazi experience uh thanks bartlett seriously does (laughs) bartlett bartlett's quiet now because he's unzipping his pants everybody be quiet listen for it all right there it is Uh, but Yep. <laughs> so just enjoy that while I continue to talk. So anyway, uh, as it well, don't stop. <laughs> I didn't tell you to stop. Who said I wasn't Better done? You... Are you done for now? That's sad. When I go back later and replay this, man. I'll have more. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's honestly show me a man who hasn't said that before. Anyway, uh, there's no reason you can't be within the more powerful confines of that world. Uh, royal guards, men of nobility, men of establishment, uh, of the system, women in ruling authority. There are numerous positions that you can hold in these campaigns and these established worlds uh, that you can tell brilliant stories inside of. But low fantasy, by and large, requires the most... I think it has the potential for the most investment at each individual level for a character. It's also one of the most difficult to maintain because you really have to put yourself in the place of your characters, play it very straightforward. Things are going to have a lot more impact in a low fantasy world than they do in mid and especially high fantasy. So there's often going to be a lot of internal conflict between players and the GM uh, specifically over what's actually happening in-game. You know, a player takes some injury from a magical fireball, they're not even happy about it then. They're really not going to be happy if they die from a low-level dirk covered in a basic level of poison in a world where quick healing and mystic potions just really aren't a thing. Gangrene. Um gangrene is a thing 
you know, conditions of debilitating health are a thing. Lengthy several-day recovery periods are a thing. Uh, In a low fantasy campaign, you have the highest stakes, you have the highest character investment, but you also have the highest punishment, and it's very, very difficult for so many people to want to invest in that level of campaign. The Dark Souls Uh, of tabletop. They'll say they will, they'll give it a try, but it's very easy to follow. Dark Souls is a strong mid-fantasy. Yeah, it does. Uh, no, no, no. no. I'm, but it's very saying, easy to fall out. I'm saying baseline, um, it's the Dark Souls of this type of tabletop. It is the you go balls in, you go hard for it, you die hard. It 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 is hardcore in in any capacity, even if you give yourself the biggest benefits. Because the moment you introduce anything mystic or healing potions or anything like that. You're really shifting towards that mid-fantasy. But as we've said, mid-fantasy, you do it right. Quintessential, gives everybody what they want. Difficult to hold it there, but a blessed and fun experience. Uh, We mentioned Mage earlier. Mm. We would be remiss not to talk about it now. We can't get out of it because we owe our listeners that. Bartlett, what is Mage? I don't know, because the only time we were going to start playing that... Stop Everything talking. Dylan, what apart. is Mage? <laughs> oh, fuck, you could call it Bartlett on that one when I was the one trying to build the campaign around it. Because he's the one who introduced it. You missed your shot. Go on. <laughs> Mage, I think, is awesome because it occurs... For one, it's a World of Darkness expansion, so that's first and foremost. But What is World, World of Darkness? World of Darkness is a game that takes place within present-day reality um and that's why mage is so rad about it or games like vampire the masquerade if you've heard them or werewolf the awake or whatever the werewolf one's called but it's games where within present day reality where the normal everyday human working man is the most prevalent thing things like magic or things like vampires and werewolves cannot allow themselves to be seen because even though the individual is powerful they stand no chance against society as it is now. If a single werewolf or a single vampire or a single mage, good lord, my phone, if a single mage were to go up against the whole of society as it is, they would be eradicated through sheer force of unbelief, of the fact that the world just simply denies their existence. They would be crushed and then forgotten. But the elements do exist. There is a secret world of intrigue. There is an underground realm of mages, of werewolves, of vampires that seeks to stick to the shadows. So in everyday society, there is a man who can conjure fire at his fingertips, but he chooses not to because he knows that it is not his proper place. That if he does so with frivolous intent, it will only come back to destroy him. That he has to be careful methodical and planning about every move he does with this power he is given because if he does not it will be his very undoing so that's mage Mage. (laughs) (laughs) so mage is fascinating mage uh, as dylan had explicitly stated is something that occurs in the real world in real time which is a very unique and delightful feature about that game uh there are Numerous schools of magic that you can use. There's teleportation, there's time bending, there's obviously the more direct kinds with like fire and lightning. Uh, But the game really, believe it or not, operates best if you operate at a literal level. If you are who you are as a person, as a character. Um, And it translates so well. It's just a, a magnificent little experiment that we cannot recommend enough. Uh, we'll absolutely put it up as its own episode, uh, so I don't want to say too much more about it. But I can say this. In terms of mid-fantasy, it's also a near-perfect example because it takes all those real-world elements, those very direct one-to-one translations as you understand them, as you imagine them, and it just completely breaks the world by, hey, this is your life, but what if... And then what? you just kind of go from there. And it's delightful. 
Uh, again, we don't want to say too much about it yet, but Mage, mid-fantasy, too low fantasy. It really fits both builds depending on how your team is stacked or how you approach the game's concepts, but absolutely wonderful. Or even Cannot within the context enough. of the game itself. Like Mage, I, I won't go into too much either because we're going to make it an episode, but if you use magic frivolously, there are so many horror rules to just punish you for being stupid. A character in D&D can throw a fireball and it doesn't matter if he hits his group, but a character in Mage, if he throws a fireball and a single regular person sees it on accident, then he may very well be ripped apart. And it's awesome. Dylan's really into punishment, if you can't tell. Listen. Uh, yes. Also, this, I can no longer trust any of my cohorts to continue talking on uh, any of this recording. So, we're going to go ahead and tie the episode up now. It's been fabulous. Hold I on. had a delightful time. <laughs> it's been 47 minutes. Warhammer 40k. 40, oh Warhammer wow, 40k is raw high fantasy. But, but in a very dark massive, But with massive low fantasy elements based explicitly on the benefit of scale. Warhammer 40k is a world where literal demons and gods exist because you imagine that they existed. God is a half-living corpse on a golden throne after being stabbed by his mystic son of his numerous mystic yet also scientifically engineered sons. Go to hell, Lorgar. All of the galaxy... Actually, all of the universe is populated by old gods, new gods, fake gods, real gods. And you're stupid, uh, Magnus. Creatures of pure chaos, creatures of pure energy, creatures of pure squishiness. Looking at you, you loser Tau. Uh, <laughs> creatures yes! creatures uh, that technically exist, but if you say they exist, will kill you because no, they can't exist. Uh the whole world is the most massive high fantasy on any scale in absolute human history Paul. as far as RPGs are concerned. But the counterbalance of that is the value of the scale it provides. Paul. As I mentioned before, the low fantasy elements, I'm going to mention I'm going to finish this. The low fantasy elements that I stated before with 40k uh, come from the benefit of the fact that there are literal trillions, not billions, not millions, trillions of human lives. And that's just humans. That's not counting Tau, Necrons, Orc. Orcs, Eldar, just all of these species, and all of them with all of these different incredible varieties and complexities among them, whole cultures trillions upon trillions of lives inconceivable numbers so it means nothing to have these literal scaled impacts of conflicts that can like these games that you play with your friends there's a scale called apocalypse where i mean you're talking about things that dictate the outcomes of planets and they are still irrelevant to the grand scheme of the story of Warhammer 40k because it is too large to fail. It is wild how they made something so high fantasy it can only exist in low fantasy elements. It, it is such a unique beast. Truly magnificent. Paul. Yeah? There's something you said in that I love because you didn't you didn't just call it a universe you didn't just call it a galaxy you called it a world and I love that because that's something I want to talk about in the future the scale of what a world is because when you say world you think planet but a world is not a planet a world is a subjective thing well the world is just the concept of the universe in which the story takes place and world is just a shorthand that, term for the concept of a universe and keeping that story coherent. Yes, but that's something we I had that, want to talk about. Have we had that episode yet? We haven't, 
and I just added it to the list because it's something I've been meaning to talk about, but I keep forgetting to put it on the list. Okay. Um, it's something I, I desperately want to talk about because the scale of a world is the scale of you. Your entire okay. world. Well, you're getting too excited item. about it. Let's stop talking now. <laughs> Everybody, it's been delightful. I've said this probably three times trying to round up this <laughs> wild night. But I everybody, like it's been delightful. tried to make these episodes a half hour. And everybody, like hour it's been average. delightful. We're going to end now. Smash <laughs> that like button. For your time. Smash that like button. I gotta rise the first bell. born child too. I Subscribe. gotta do Subscribe. We also have a Twitter. We also have a Facebook. All the classic things that you are very familiar with at this point. Hopefully, nobody just started, decided my to start cock. this. I gotta roll the dice on this episode. We're getting to you. Chill out. Whatever, Dylan, you've rolled the dice. What is it? What is it? You're so excited, you fuck. <laughs> it's the one I've wanted to do for so long, Paul. Well, thanks, you fucking macaroon. What is it? <laughs> the basics of world building. The basics of world. Jesus Christ, here it is. That's the one you just put there. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm not even done drinking. You should. Look out, ladies and gentlemen. He's on his third Mike's Hard Lemonade. (laughs) You better watch out. Dylan's on the prowl. (laughs) He's looking at that smeared off the floor (laughs) enticingly. Okay. I I hope you. you all have a wonderful evening. It has been an absolute delight. We look forward to your continued observations of our slow descent into madness. May God forgive us for our sins. Please send Tootsie Rolls. Good night. On the opposite end of that, I hope you've had a terrible night and our podcast brought a light into your life. And and to be the go-between, I hope you've had a medium night. That is okay, but not too great or too bad in either direction. Shut up, The tears of fantasy. (laughs) Especially the salty ones. Goodbye. Bartlett, say goodbye. Now's the comedic time to say goodbye. Say goodbye. Fuck. (laughs) Goodbye!